Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Just a moment. We're going to do things just a little bit different. Hope we don't break the wagon here. But I'm going to preach my second service sermon right now. Amen. Praise God. The book of John, chapter 1. The book of John, chapter 1 and verse 44, and you can remain seated if you'd like. That's that's fine, Brother Fierce. I didn't know you were standing. I should have known you were standing, but I didn't. He has standitis. The book of John, first the book of John, chapter 1 and verse number 44. I feel the presence of the Lord in this. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Now he clears it up. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Amen. You don't need much commentary for this, do we? Just come and see. So Jesus, now the, the, the camera shifts a little bit, and Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him. We would We would think that the next phrase would talk about Nathaniel going to Jesus. But the focus is switched here and now Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and Jesus now becomes proactive and saith unto him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathaniel is somewhat taken because these men are strangers. Nathaniel saith unto him, Whence knoweth thou me? How do you, how, how would you make that assessment of me? What makes you know who I am? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now I'm going to tell you that this particular juncture right here Jesus is talking about something that nobody else in the world knows anything else about but Nathaniel amen this would be a riddle to any own listener he said behold 
But when, before that, Philip called thee when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And now listen to Nathaniel. Two men now are having a private conversation. Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Amen. Philip said, you need to come and see. We have found him. Amen. Now, instead of him coming to inquire, when he's coming to him, Jesus inquires of him. And he said, well, how do, you, how do you know me? And he said, before Philip ever called you, I saw you under the fig tree. I saw you under the fig tree. Now that's not done. The Bible says, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel answered, saith unto him, thou art rabbi, the son of, rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believe thou, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I'm going to tell you today that, uh, let me just pause here and say that a fig tree in Scripture is significant because it was often that priest or men or women would go to a fig tree and find shade there and it was there they would study and there they would pray and there they would commune with God and so this is a pretty specific place in scripture uh, not just an arbitrary mention of a tree but this fig tree and so when he was at the fig tree inquiring open and sensitive to the spirit and the leading of the Lord the Lord began to deal with him amen now some of this we don't know because we have it written out but I think we can safely assume that something was going on in the spirit world because two men connected and he said I saw you sitting under a fig tree I believe he was doing more than just kick back in a chaise lounge amen I believe he was just doing more than kind of getting in out of the heat of the day but I believe he was a man in pursuit of something in the spirit amen Philip said I want you to come and see we have found the Messiah Jesus Christ we have found him amen and now Jesus is introducing himself I believe that in all of our lives if there is a hunger to they that hunger and thirst after righteousness they are the ones that shall be filled. I believe Nathaniel, I am safe today in saying that Nathaniel was a thirsty man sitting under that tree, but he was looking for more than H2O. He was a man of thirst in the spirit. And God began to deal with him in the spirit. And in the spirit, he began to reveal himself. And what we find in this conversation is little more than just an affirmation of what the Lord had already spoken into the life of Nathaniel. Am I safe in saying all this here today? Amen, I believe that Jesus came to just say, what you were feeling is right. What you were thinking, you're, you're, you are spot on. Amen, here I am. I'm gonna reveal myself to you in flesh and blood. I'm gonna say to you this morning that I feel like God is wanting to make bare his arm. I believe he is wanting to reveal himself. Here is our requirement. I need to hunger and I need to thirst. And you can fold your arms and say, well, I've already been baptized. I've already received the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, let me tell you, because you have seen this and because you have opened yourself to this, 
you have now positioned yourself to see more. You're gonna see heaven open. You're gonna see angels ascending and descending. I believe the holy God of Israel is in this house today. And I believe he would say to us, because you have a hunger and a thirst, I want to do more. I want to show you more. I want to reveal more. I want to give more. I want to use you more. Hallelujah. I believe we need a more kind of hunger and a more kind of thirst in our midst. Let the spirit of the Lord be released in Hatchbend Apostolic Church this day. On this April morning, let the Holy Ghost be released in this house. Not just to fill us with his spirit, but to fill our mind with revelation and to fill our heart and our spirit and our soul with more, 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 Brother Pope, more, more, more. Hallelujah. Well, I've been in this way 30 years. I've been in this way 40 years. I've been in this way 10 years. I've got good news for you. There's more. There's more. There's more. I've been teaching a Sunday school class this long. I've been preaching this long. I've been singing this long. I've been praying this long. Can I tell you there's more? There's more. There's more. Praise God. Because you believed. I'm asking you today to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you today to go out on a limb and to just have faith even if you don't understand it. Amen, have faith to believe even if you say I haven't comprehended it all. Amen, let me just ask you to act on and to move on what you do feel. Amen, you say, well, I don't understand it all. That's okay, just keep walking toward it. I don't have it all figured out. That's all right, just keep walking this way. I haven't got it all nailed down. Just keep walking this way. Oh, there's a more. There is a more. There is a more. You, you may be seated. I'm going to ask you to join me and Luke. Just flip a few pages back. Now, I understand. That what we ought to do every time we walk to this desk is preach absolutes. I don't ever try, or I always try to avoid, let me say it this way, to just kind of skate out on some thin ice and make something out of nothing or try to make something out of little. But I just want to give you something to think about. You don't have to believe what I'm about to say. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being catty at all, smart aleck at all. You don't have to believe this at all. I just want you to consider it. In the book of Luke, chapter 13, and verse number six, the first five words are why I have taken so much time to be careful in what I'm about to read because I get that this is a parable. I understand 
that this is a parable, this is an illustration. But what if? A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon. Verse number seven and, and says, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, the dresser of the vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it to the ground? Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering the dresser of the tree is the one talking here said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after thou shalt cut it down. I know it's a parable. But I wonder if that was Nathaniel. Just, just something to think about. Nathaniel cherished the fig tree because it was there revelation came. I had a revelation while I was under the fig tree. And then Jesus met me by the way and confirmed what he had shown me in the spirit. The owner of the land said, let's just take this down. The dresser of the tree said, Whoa, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's a special place to me. Something significant happened to me right there. Can we till this ground? Now, whether or not that's Nathaniel, you, you, just, you settle that in your own mind. It doesn't matter one whit either way. My point is this. The place of revelation ought to be a significant place in our life. Amen. And where we were when God dealt with us and began to reveal himself to us, now, I don't want you to think about just geographics here. I, don't want, I want you to dismiss longitudes and latitudes. Let's just talk about spiritual longitudes and latitudes. Where we were in the spirit realm, where we were in our walk with God, when God began to deal with us is a place worth protecting. That's ground worth protecting. That's a tree worth saving. That's a, that's a spot worth giving a second chance, a third chance. Give me some more time. Let me dig. Let me dung around it. Let me put some effort into this. And I'm going to tell you where we are at, in the apostolic church, where we are in the church world at large. Let me put it that way. I think I would be safe in saying that is that there are a lot of people that have had the Lord reveal himself to them and do some mighty things in their life. Amen. At certain levels and where they were living with the Lord and now they just pick up this and now we pick up that and we let go of the other and we're dabbling in this and dabbling in that. Amen, I'm gonna tell you today, we need to get back to the fig tree and when somebody comes along and says, well, we ought to cut that down, we ought to tear that out, we ought to remove that, we can find something that'll fit in its place a little better. I think there ought to be a holy and a righteous indignation that wells up in our heart that says, wait just a minute, I think this thing is worth giving an 
another year. I think this thing is worth protecting. Somebody said, but there's no fruit on there. Don't you get it? Amen, there's no fruit on I get it, I understand. But what you don't know, it was it was here that the Spirit of the Lord made himself known to me. It was here in the cool of the day that the power of the Lord made himself known to me. I'm reaching for a church today. I'm not trying to read in between or speak in between the lines and then beg you to read in between the lines. I'm telling you today, we can't not afford to get spiritually adrift and some in this holy house are. Amen. Some in this house today are. I don't want to preach to the congregation in Bangladesh today. My responsibility is not to preach to the congregation in Stockton or in Michigan or in Indianapolis, but I'm preaching to those that are in the members of this church and I'm telling you, God's shown you too much. He's given you too much. He's made himself available to you and he said because you believe, I'll open heaven wider than you ever imagined. I'm gonna tell you like the apostle Paul said, amen, I would rather have the thorns in my side and have the revelation. Amen, can I tell you that sin for a season is not gonna take the place of the revelation of God in your life. Compromise in your life, compromise in your home, compromise in your family, compromise in your marriage, compromise in your spiritual walk with God, compromise in your own personal relationship with God is not a fair exchange for the revelation that God wants to give you. Hallelujah. I believe that God doesn't want to just give it to a generation of adults here, but I believe God is wanting to give that revelation to a generation of young people that are in this house. And so I say we need some mama and we need some daddies that'll get their mind out of the world, get their mind out of gossip, get their mind out of dissension, get their mind out of just destroying things and say, God, help us to protect and preserve the fig tree. Because it was here that I believed. 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 Heaven was made known. Heaven was made known to me. Praise God. The Lord said, Nathaniel, because you believed, I'm gonna cut you a key to heaven's front door and you're gonna see things that you never thought possible. You're gonna experience things that you never, ever dreamed was within your capacity to get it. I'm reaching today. I'm pulling with all of my heart. Furthermore, this pastor hasn't just been pulling this morning in this service, but I've been pulling for weeks and months to say, come on, 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 come on now. Why? Because the voice of Joab is just outside the door. It says, come on. Come on, Abner, it won't matter. Come on, Abner, you can do this, it won't matter. I mean, if we really knew what time it was, if we really knew what time it was. I mean, I'm not, I want to use an illustration. I don't want to embarrass my wife. It, she was beyond her ability to help. We had a meeting scheduled at the church a few weeks ago. 
meeting was at 7 o'clock. I knew she wasn't feeling real well. I'd left her home. She was doing some work on her computer. And uh, so when she wasn't there at 7, I didn't panic. And I I wasn't even worried at 10 after 7. But as it got a little bit beyond that, I got concerned that maybe she had gotten to feeling a little worse. And and so I called her. And uh, she was just... She was just her same old chipper self on the other end of the phone. Hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. I said, yeah, are you, you coming to the meeting? She said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When? <laughs> she said, well, it's just 434. And I said, you're sitting at your computer, aren't you? She said, mm-hmm. I said, you didn't turn your computer off last night, did you? She goes, mm-mm. And I said, it didn't reset. And that's not the right time. She said, well, what time is it? I said, it's almost 7.30. She said, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. And so in less than two hours, she was right here. <laughs> You always get a good story going, then I get to feeling comfortable about it and get a little bit dangerous. No, my point is is that sometimes we haven't reset things. And, and, and it's reading something else. And, and if we really knew what time it was, I wouldn't embarrass her for nothing, you know that. But if she really had known what time it was, she wouldn't have answered the phone all chipper if she had known she was late. She would answer the phone explaining what was going on. You know what I'm saying? She would answer the phone, this is going wrong. I've had a couple of phone calls. I'm running a little bit behind, but, but she's just kind of laid back and just enjoying the afternoon, getting some work done. And I'm telling you, I think that sometimes that's where we are as a church. We're just kind of enjoying having church going along here. And I'm gonna tell you what that man preached this morning. What that man just preached a few minutes ago about the spirits that are in this world. Amen, I, I can appreciate him for not naming names and, and, and all of that this morning, but can I tell you what I've said for years, that Hollywood first teaches us to laugh at it. It's blanketed in humor. And when it's blanketed in humor, we just let it sit down right beside us. Not even knowing we've invited, invited Satan himself. Amen. Right into our home, right into our life. There's something significant. You say, well, you guys are just using a bunch of scare tactics. No, it's time we open our eyes and understand that God not only wants to give us, God gave Nathan something significant under that fig tree. But when Nathan made one step toward it, he said, because you believed. It's all yours. You're gonna see angels ascending and descending. And I believe heaven is trying to get our attention. Amen. I want to be real, real specific. I don't think that heaven's just trying to get our attention collectively. I believe that is true. But I believe heaven is trying to get our attention individually. Amen. There's a calling upon, amen. There's a calling upon this congregation. You've heard this for years. And you know what? I'm going to ask you to forgive me because I've almost in 
in, in, in the last little while become reticent to even say it because it sounds like, well, we keep hearing that. But there is a calling upon this congregation, a holy and divine calling that so far exceeds what we can see right here today. And I'm talking about even by numbers, even what we can see here today. There is a calling upon our lives, but we're gonna have to first pass the test. Amen. I want to see him when he starts walking toward me. And I want to hear him when he calls my name. And I want to believe him when he begins to show me little portions and pieces of himself. Because it is in stepping into those small things. And I can tell you this today. I'm just using small in human terms. There's nothing about the kingdom that's small. Amen. But I here's, here's what I know to be true, that God is using people in this congregation in ways that they've never been used before, in ways they've been praying about for years, including yours truly. Amen, just little snippets that God is just showing himself, just showing himself, and I wanna be so conscious that every time he does that, I step. Amen, I step by faith. Amen, I step by faith because he'll show me again and he'll show me again, and he'll show me again. Amen, I want us to stand, and I want us to lift our hands, if you will. Amen, you're under no obligation to do that, but let's lift our, if it's where you can physically. Amen, let's respond. Amen, I'm just asking you to respond. Just respond. Amen, I pray that the dresser of the tree, amen, the spirit of something in us today would rise. The spirit of something in us would awaken that the, the hallowedness of God's spirit, presence, and power would just uh, illuminate our minds and our heart. Amen. I want to do what's right, Lord. 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 So I pray for your anointing. I pray for your spirit. I pray for your presence. I pray for the Holy Ghost to touch us. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You know, I don't, I don't want to crawl up on any hobby horse here today. But last week, my wife and I were privileged to take a couple of days just to ourselves. We were in a motel and if I, if I could say something here today and not be misunderstood, I'd appreciate it. We, we would not just do to our own spiritual conscience, watch anything that would be unsavory. Not to impress you, I'm, we're trying to make heaven our home. But we were appalled at how suggestive even the commercials. Nothing to the imagination. My wife looked at me and she said, I would be embarrassed right now if our grown children were sitting in this room with us. She said that more than once. I would be embarrassed if our grown children were sitting here. We best stop warming our hands over this mess. Amen. We had best stop warming our hands and our hearts over this mess because you can't do all that and then say, Lord, now I want you to take me to another level. 
Amen. We can't involve ourselves in every little thing that comes down the pike and then lift our hands in a service and say, now, Lord, here's these hands. Use me because he knows where those hands were. Amen. He knows where your mind was and he knows where your tongue was and he knows where your motive, your, your, uh, your agenda was and your motivations are. He knows the content of our heart. And so I want to be pure. No, I'm not asking you to live in a box or to go, go move into a cave somewhere. We are in this world, but dear God, help us to know we're not of this world. Amen. These things have off buttons. They have mute buttons. Amen. They have, amen. They have all of those things. Amen. We, we need to utilize that and say, God, I don't want anything in my mind. I'm gonna have to shake that out, pray that out later. Amen. I'm gonna ask you to touch me and protect and preserve me. Praise God. I've preached this many times before, but it is nonetheless true. When Naaman the leper, who was the captain of the guard for the king's army, when he realized he was going to have to go back home to his homeland, and when he realized that he could not give, could not give Elisha any of the gifts that he had brought him, he made one simple request. And that request was for two mules burden of earth. I want a couple of loads of dirt. Now that's significant because the people of that day believed that the God of that land was in the land. It was, so they believed the God of that land was in the dirt. And so Naaman said, when I get back home, I am still the captain of the host. I still work for the king. I'm going to have to go into some places that are not the best places for me to be in. And he said, I want to have me enough dirt with me that I can build me an altar. Because in Numbers 20, the Lord told Moses, when you build me an altar, build it of earth. Amen. And so I better take me some altar building material with me. Because we can't always help where, where we have to go. Sometimes, you, know, you get what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to stop at the liquor store to get a Coke. We can help that. But we can't always help where we, can always help some atmospheres that we're in. And so in those cases, he said, when I am in the house of Ramon, I'm gonna build me an altar. Praise God. Amen. Let's, let's take some altar building material. <laughs> home with us and let the spirit of the almighty one touch us in Jesus name would you lift your hands again I, I think we ought to just our voices again praise your name Lord praise your name Lord praise your name Lord praise your name Lord. this message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church we pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.